wearing the figurative headdress of this show, ready to lead us and guide us down a conversation, to tickle your ears with the pragmatic prowess that I grew up with, these dulcet tones coming over the airwaves because I enjoyed doing it. And because you love to listen, so let's uh, let's dive into the. Uh, yeah, you, you never know how I'm going to open it, do you? Uh, JB's laughing. He, <laughs> oh, we we do a little bit in show prep. We do, yeah, we do a little show prep, a little pick me up. We got we have our favorite playlist that gets us in the mood. Uh, but here we are, folks. I'm over the distractions of cancel culture. I'm over the distractions of left versus right. I'm over all of it. Because what unites us and what should be bringing us together is so much bigger. But if you, uh, if you focus on the argument, the impassioned argument, the emotion, well, that is what's going to trigger your brain because of all the chemicals that love to be right. Love it. Give it to me. I love how I feel when I, when I think I'm right. I love how I feel when I feel like I'm conquering a narrative. There's science on this. We're going to share it in the show notes as we always do. But I mean, seriously, have we, have we gotten to the place now where we just can't even have honest, deliberative dialogue? It's not even allowed. Everything is racist. I mean, this is the narrative that is being purported by some folks, and it just doesn't, folks, it doesn't make sense because uh, we're not a racist nation. We have elected minorities in droves. Conservatives have done this, so it even doesn't fit the narrative that the people on the right are the racist, bigoted, homophobes, whatever you want to lay. I'm over the labels, folks. It just, we're done with it, okay? We're not a systemically racist nation, the system's not racist. It may have been in the past, but if you have to continually go back a hundred years to prove your points, I'm just not, I'm not up for it. We live in the greatest country on planet Earth. We are the beacon on a hill. Everybody's trying to get in here to the U.S. None of us are floating to another place or, or trying to... Uh, ascend a, a wall somewhere else. No. People are trying to come here. Have we wondered why? It's because we are the greatest country on planet Earth. We have the freedom if we can keep it. But instead, no, no, no. Instead of talking about that, what are we going to do? We're going to continue to talk about everything that's wrong in America. Dr. Seuss a man who's been dead for 30 years. That's fine. It was bad. He depicted people of Asian descent holding chopsticks. Now, I'm not here to debate all of that. What I'm saying is just because something is racial doesn't mean it's racist, okay? And I'm, I'm not even, def I haven't actually read the six books that have been canceled. And here's the other thing. If his organization or the organization that's now running it chooses to do it, they're a private entity, they get to do it. Okay, good good for them. They have the freedom to do it. But it doesn't mean that I'm a racist for having owned it. Looney Tunes. We've got to cancel Looney Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Le Pew is gone because of how he treated the other skunk. Folks, we know this is a cartoon. 
Now listen, <laughs> you go back and watch some of this stuff. Pepe Le Pew uh, is not really the person we should be going to for romance advice. I think everybody knows that. Well, maybe with the exception of President Biden. President Pepe? <laughs> I mean, this is the guy who caressed women inappropriately in photo lines everywhere. All you have to do is watch just those creepy reels of people getting sworn in. Whether it be uh, the candidate or the, uh, the elected official herself, her daughter, or an elected official's spouse... He was always just inappropriately groping and grabbing and sniffing. <laughs> That's the closest thing we've seen to Pepe Le Pew off the cartoon. But I digress. I mean, Dave Chappelle had a great bit on it years ago <laughs> where he was watching it, I think with a nephew or something, a younger, younger family member, I think. <laughs> it's like, whoa, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty out there. I'm not so sure that Pepe Le Pew contributed to any aggression. Just like I'm not so sure that Dr. Seuss, a cat in the hat, and all of his characters, I'm not so sure that that led to people being racist. In fact, America, the shining beacon on a hill, elected the first black man to be president in my lifetime. And that man said everything to a group of people. He said everything you need to know in life you can find in Dr. Seuss. But nope. Because some people have decided to be woke in his organization. Again, they have the freedom to do it. But they don't have the freedom to tell me that I can't purchase or sell the book. And that's where the whole big tech censorship comes in. Now you can't buy the books on eBay or on Amazon. That is fascism. That is fascist. Following what the administration said. You know, the Biden administration said they weren't going to utilize Dr. Seuss. But I, I mean, I don't want to get distracted, pun intended, from the conversation at large here. We're now talking about the fact that trans women, uh, biological men, can't play in women's sports. Such a small number of people even fit into this. But it has hijacked the dialogue of everyone, anybody on television. Same royal oppression. First of all, that's an oxymoron. It's absurd that we are talking about the epitome of privilege, royalty. <laughs> Maybe that was a previous century, but I still think if you are a, a monarch, uh, you have a lot of uh, privilege, okay? Regardless of what color you are, purple, black, brown, yellow, white, they're all precious in his sight. And if you're royal, you have privilege, <laughs> Yeah, so that's right. I'm talking about Prince Harry sitting down, he and his wife, Meghan Markle. Even they came to the U.S. Even they wanted to come to the greatest country on earth because they realized this is a land of opportunity, a land of opportunity for the wokest of them all, the multimillionaire royals, and she made it. And that happened in America, by the way. Our country is special. Our country is great. It's so ironic that they have this dialogue going on about how the country, the land in which they fled, is so oppressive to them. I, I, I just, I can't compute it whenever you really see true oppression happening at the hand of our government in this 
COVID response in the last year, how much oppression has been inflicted on the people by their government, close, forcing businesses to be closed, forcing people into the unemployment line, taking away their ability to provide for their families, telling kids they can't go to school, ignoring the science. I thought this was supposed to be an administration that follows the science. No, no, no. Let's be distracted and spend two hours of our time watching something that as Americans we don't have to care about, especially because my favorite right as an American is to be able to ignore the monarchy. And so can you. Makes you wonder if um, Prince Harry and, and Meghan Markle, of course, you, you, know, you, you can't, you just got to go down the rabbit hole every once in a while. Anybody that's worked with Meghan Markle that I've heard about or heard from through the various mainstream media outlets say she's a bit narcissistic, full of herself, was pretty much a B-list actress um, who always fantasized and dreamed of marrying a a royal. Well, great. In America, you can do it. It, America is so great, you can be a B-list actress and marry the royal, and marry an heir, though he's down on the list, of a world power. That's American ingenuity right there. (laughs) That's That's opportunity. Regardless of what your color may be, regardless of what your gender may be, it's America that gives you the best platform, the greatest starting point anywhere in the world. So great people are willing to give up wherever they started to make a restart for their family tree. But I'm wondering if the whole narrative with Oprah and all that is is to just further distract us from the Hitler-wearing costumes of Harry's past, the narcissistic episodes of Meghan's past, because now they've found a group that opens them with arms wide open, people that want to be around pseudo-celebrities, the multimillionaires living in California, making them feel justified in their victimhood. Rich with irony. I can't even deal with it. Meanwhile, Andy Cuomo, governor of New York, but no, no, no. Let's ignore the deaths, the thousands of deaths at his hand by forcing infected elderly people back into nursing homes. You know, as some would say, the reason he had to become just another Democrat pervert is because he wasn't the only Democrat governor who did this. And if we keep digging and we keep looking behind the curtain at what actually happened at his hand, his state's, um, (laughs) dare we call it leadership during a crisis, like his book says we should, then we start finding that other places, like Michigan and other states in New England, did the exact same thing and people died. We can't let that narrative continue. It'll get out of control. So we're just going to call him another Democrat Uh, Another Democrat pervert, which we're all used to by now, and Janice Dean, the meteorologist from Fox News, we're going to denigrate her and attack her personally because her story doesn't matter. Well, the stories of women matter, but not hers because it conflicts against the, the narrative of Andy Cuomo being Democrat pervert. We got to focus on that. A distraction within a distraction within a distraction. Do you realize, you know, the best way to get rid of the distractions, unplug, turn it off and unplug, except for your podcasts. You need to keep those coming. 
at least so long as we're in podcast form, we'll always be in podcast form. We've had some great conversations as of late uh, about entering the radio airwaves, and we're looking forward to those conversations continuing. But we need to continue to expose where we can and just have the questions being asked. See, we're so hyper-focused on the emotion of issues because that's where the dopamine occurs. That's where the response is. According to some articles we've been following here and reading, there's a neurochemical process that occurs. When you argue and win, your brain is flooded with different hormones, adrenaline and dopamine. Makes you feel good, makes you feel dominant, even makes you feel invincible. So when these distractions that I've outlined here give support and encouragement to the victimhood narrative, then you have all the tools you need, all the weapons in your arsenal to continue going out on your journey, marching down the path of martyrdom, whether it be your career, your family, or whatever, all because you have to protect the victim narrative. No, I want... I want us to be victors, not victims. Let's take it further. There's a saying, people won't remember what you said, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Why? Emotion. Emotion is powerful. It's especially powerful now that we've all been locked up. And this is why I'm a conservative. This is why I I feel like we need to stand strong and protect our country, protect it from being overcome and overrun by these narratives that don't make any sense from a logical perspective and only continue to gain merit because of the emotion that they support. You you don't have a Black Lives Matter sign in your yard? Well, then you're a racist. But yet when you look at the BLM movement and the fact that they brought in $90 million last year, where did that money come from and where does that money go? Is it going to rebuild black communities? Or is it going to elect the Democrats or support re-election efforts of Democrats? Democrats who, well, as far as the party goes, they were on the wrong side of the race, as far as I'm concerned. Whether it be all the way back to the Civil War or whether it be the government programs that uh, really tore apart the black community. You look at black prosperity throughout the 50s into the 60s, it was outpacing white prosperity. But then enter enter LBJ, which we can't even play some of his rants here, his rants talking about African-American people, because we would have to check the explicit box. But yet, he was a champion. I want everybody to feel free. I want everybody to prosper. I want us to judge people on the content of their character, not the color of their skin, not the gender that they have chosen, let alone the gender they were born with. It doesn't matter to me. You're still an individual. You're still an individual in the greatest country on planet Earth with the freedom to be wrong, the freedom to be impassioned, the freedom to choose emotion over logic, so long as you do not inflict those beliefs those systems on me. We're not systemically racist. Were we at one time? Sure. There were laws on the books that were, by definition, racist. Jim Crow laws come to mind. They're not on the books anymore. We still have people around that are racist. Very, very few. Now, you wouldn't believe that based on the narrative that's out there. 
but very, very few. I mean, we're a a majority white country elected a black man twice to the highest office in the land and then also elected a black woman to the second highest office in the land. And I think everybody (laughs) understands that it's just a matter of time because poor Joe, I mean, the elevator's not going all the way up to the top, right? I mean, this is not the Joe Biden that was debating Paul Ryan just, you know, less than a decade ago. It's just not. A racist country filled with people who hate black and brown folks wouldn't do that. No. Not only are we a great nation, we are not a racist nation, but people of color and people of minority descent are also going to the conservative side of the ballot box in, more, in greater numbers with each passing election. We saw this with Trump. In his election, he got more black and brown votes for men and women than he did just four years prior. But yet we were told he was the evil, mean orange man who was a racist and a bigot. Well, that's because those are the same lines that have worked for the last, well, five decades, dare we say. Well, it's not working anymore because the facts are overcoming the emotion And information is now more readily available than it's ever been. People can get the information on their own. Everybody gets a holiday now. Everybody gets a month and a holiday. And instead of actually celebrating history or accomplishments, we force narratives that don't even make sense. Narratives of victimhood and narratives of being the the voiceless. That's, That's not true. I'm really concerned. I'm really trying to figure out how do we move forward. You criticize anything on the left, any of these movements, and it's because of your white privilege. Wrong. It's because we're commonsensical. When people aren't calling out the distractions but are instead finding ways to comply with the, quote, new normal of wokeness, when does it end? Yeah, it's one thing whenever they take away the books that you don't even own or the authors you don't really care about on topics that don't necessarily matter to you. But at what point does it start affecting you? I mean, you can't post anything questioning COVID or the response of COVID without getting banners slapped on you. This could be misinformation. You couldn't say anything about the election results without being banned, shadow banned, you know, pulled back. You can't even ask the questions. Where is the free speech there? The thing we tout as important. I don't know, folks. I I still remain hopeful because I know what I'm saying represents the supermajority, not just the majority of thinkers, the majority of people in America, regardless of their color, regardless of their gender, regardless of their sex, regardless of any where where they are. It doesn't matter. I know what I'm saying is is true because it's based on principle. But If you continue to attack the principles, uh, virtue, you attack the virtues, you eliminate the virtues, you have no morality. When you don't have morality, it's authoritarian rule. When you don't have morality helping to drive and, and guide, who sets the rules of engagement? The power. And we see what's happening in the power structure. I mean, we have more executive orders... 
It's unbelievable. I'm, we do executive orders just for the sake of doing executive orders. Well, maybe that's a sign that you shouldn't be doing it. After all, this is a republic where we elect leaders to represent us. And if the folks that are representing us can't get something done, maybe it shouldn't be done. Processes matter. Systems matter. We improve processes. We improve systems just as we've done since our founding. We've gotten better. We've always made mistakes. And we always will. But we continue to get better. And one way of doing that is not by going backwards but continuing to go forward, knowing that there's more that brings us together than ever sets us apart, especially in the 21st century, especially in 2021. It's because there is no consensus on leadership in, in Washington. You can't get it done through the general normal means. Well, maybe that's, there's hope. It may be hard to find. It may be hard to see at times, but there is hope. Believe it, will you? And I'd love to hear from you. Chief at ericdeemshow.com. 